God gave us the gift of a new future. He took our past and gave us his future. Now, I don't know about you, but when I look back in my past, there's some stuff that I gladly give over to God. You know what I mean? There's some stuff that I kind of sweep it under the table and kick it to him so nobody else can see it. Because people have different kinds of past. Uh, some people have got like your, your PG past. And some people got a PG-13 past. And then some people got that R-rated past. And then some of y'all got some R-rated plus kind of past that we're just thankful God can just wipe away and make gone. And nobody has, you know what I'm talking about? Like when testimony time comes, we leave out a lot of the details that God kind of swept away in our lives. We don't tell everybody all that business because they might look at us a little bit weird because we used to be a super freak. We used to do some crazy stuff, you know. Um, your past, though, I've noticed, is kind of like a big swarm of gnats. You ever been outside in the summer and got into a mess of gnats? Or they found you? Like, it's, it's hilarious when you're not in the swarm of gnats. Because, like, when you look at people, well, there's two things. Like, when people are, like, dealing with gnats or if they get caught in a spider web, they look like they're spazzing out. Because they're always like swatting and dancing and doing all this stuff. You know, you're dealing with gnats. You move, and what do they do? They follow you like the plague. The most annoying thing, and you move over here, and the gnats follow you over here. And I know sometimes it can seem like that when we're dealing with our past. Because we make a move to get away from it, and it seems like it follows us everywhere that we go. And we think we're free from it for a little while. And maybe we are, but then it comes back just like an annoying swarm of gnats over and over and over again. And today, I want to talk to you about how we can, once and for all, be at a place where we are totally free from our past. Now, I know this message is probably going to be for everybody here today, but if you're here today and you got a past that sometimes comes back up, or you got some flesh that sometimes gets ugly and you got to deal with it and push it back down, then I'm talking to you this morning, which really is everybody in this place today, okay? So I hope you're taking good notes because this word is going to benefit you. Uh, I was in high school the other day. Um, I was in high school, and I don't know how you did this when you were in school, but like whatever we had for dinner the night before was my lunch the next day in school, so I got leftovers for lunch the next day when I would go to school. And so uh, the night before this day of school, we had some chili mac and cheese hamburger helper. Oh, son, y'all know about hamburger helper? If you don't know about hamburger helper, I don't know that we can be friends. I just got to be honest with you. I grew up on hamburger helper and crazy mac and cheese, like the blue box mac and cheese. You know what I'm talking about? Blue box mac and cheese is special. So I had the chili mac hamburger helper stuff, and that was great for dinner. I got to have it for lunch that day. I had history class after lunch. And I noticed that walking into history class after lunch, having had chili mac the night before, and then just having it for lunch that day, as I walked into the classroom, a chemical reaction started happening in my body. And I wasn't ready for this. So I walk into the class, and I made the worst decision of my life. I should have went to the bathroom, but I didn't go to the bathroom. I didn't go to the bathroom because there was a cute girl in class 
that day, and she always sat behind me in history class, and she made eye contact with me when I walked in the room, and I'm like, I can't go out now because I just won't look as cool. I'm making a cool entrance. I caught her eye. She's looking at me. No other person in the room. You know, one of the cutest girls in school. So I walked in all studly, and I had World War III going on in my stomach. I forgot that day in history class, we were taking a test. So I went and I sat down in my desk. Now, when I say sat down in my desk, you remember those old school desks that were like metal and had the laminate wood on the seat and like the laminate wood for the desk part? Yeah, it had the hollow part inside of it that was like a, a huge noise reverberating chamber. So anything that happened, it was like a PA system that would just blah, launch the sound out into the room. You know what I mean? That's what I was sitting on that day. So I'm sitting there with two doses of the Chili Mac, taking a history test. The room is dead quiet. We're taking a test. And suddenly, I start making noises that sound like a humpback whale's mating call. You ever had your body make those weird noises when everything, it's like always awkward, quiet times. And we're sitting there, and I'm like trying to be all cool taking my test. And I hear, So I like try to play it off. People are looking around, you know, and uh, whales are coming in from the Atlantic to the shoreline, I guess. And so I'm taking a test and I start spinning my, my pen or my pencil, which is what I do when I'm thinking. And my pencil flew out of my hand onto the floor in the middle of the history test with this beautiful girl sitting like 11th grade beautiful, Kelly now, way much more beautiful than her. But at the time, mm. so she's sitting behind me, and I think, I got to play this off cool. So I bend over to get my pencil, but when I bend over, y'all, I'm compressing everything. I'm compressing all this action, and there's only one place for it to go, to the girl behind me. And I look back, I parted her hair, y'all, in the middle of the history class, and the loudest explosion that had ever happened in the history of that school took place. I looked back and made eye contact with her, and it was just like, why? 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 There was no denying that it had happened. The room had been dead quiet. Everybody just started dying laughing. My face turned as red as those chairs you're sitting in right now. And the, the teacher, who was halfway laughing, looked at me, and then called me out in front of everybody in the class and said, Josh Pete, how dare you? Just like that. Called me out like if there was any room for doubt on which student in that classroom had done it. It was over now. Everybody knew that was mine, baby. I owned it from that one that day forward. When she did that, the room just exploded. And I'm like, oh, you know, everybody knows that I did it now. I might as well just own the moment. So I stood up, and I did this. The only thing I could think to do, I said, that was for you, Miss Sleek. And then I sat back down, and the class was over from that point. It took like 20 minutes for the teacher to get control of the classroom because I had just stood up after that and had dedicated what I just did to the teacher that was supposed to be keeping control of the class. It was over. It was over. 
and it became famous after that. So like at sporting events, if we were playing softball in PE, if somebody hit a home run, they began to dedicate everything to Miss Sleek. That was for you, Miss Sleek. If something cool would happen in a, in a, in a classroom and somebody got an on-the-spot question right, they would answer and they'd be like, that was for you, Miss Sleek. The rest of my high school career, that day lived on in infamy. Everything became dedicated to Miss Sleek. To this day, if I come across anybody that was in that classroom, they always bring up the dedication incident from high school. I get Facebook messages at the end of it. That was for you, Miss Sleek. That was for you, Miss Sleek. All the time, it lives on and on and on, you know. And I know a lot of us have got stuff from our past that carries over and kind of gets assigned to us. You know what I mean? Like people will label you and people will try to put things from your past on you. But we're real bad sometimes about letting things from the past get in our heads so that we identify ourselves with what's happened in our past. And I got good news for you today. We don't have to let that happen to us. Amen? Now, I'm going to take a, a, a little wager here, and I'm going to guess that there's some people in here today that have got some stuff that you're dealing with from your past, and it's not funny at all. Some major stuff that you're working through. Some big stuff. Maybe you haven't told anybody else. Maybe you got some stuff from your past that's weighing on you that you haven't opened up that chest in a long, long time to look inside to deal with it. I got good news for you today. I got good news for you today. Because in Christ, all of that, all of that can be resolved, covered, and gone. All of it. The enemy likes to come in and he likes to remind us of the stuff that's going on in our past. He likes to remind us of all these issues. And man, he wants to turn what's supposed to be a testimony. Because that's what God does. He takes all the hurt. He takes all the pain. He takes all the issues that we've come through in our past that he's healed and restored us from. He wants to take all of that stuff and turn it into a testimony that we can use to encourage someone else. Something that we can use to mock the devil that tried to destroy our lives. How many of you are here this morning and you're glad that you got a testimony that you can stand up and say, you know what? The devil tried to take me out, but I'm still here. Lie through a whole lot of stuff at me, but I'm still here. The devil did his best to destroy me and my family, but we're still here. God is healed, God is restored, and he gets the glory for everything that he's done in my life. How many of you are glad you got a testimony this morning? I know I am. I know I am. But what the devil wants to do is he wants to take those issues and turn them into an ugly little anchor to keep us tied to our past. And so we're free to operate in our lives right up to the end of the rope. You go through times where you're like, yes, I'm feeling good. God is moving. Some great stuff's happening in my life. And then you see him again. And you get reminded of all those failures. Or that song plays and you get reminded of what you were doing when it was playing on the radio. 
or you go to the family reunion and you see the person that molested you and it all becomes fresh and new and real all over again. The devil wants to turn that past into an anchor. You know, and sometimes we can just drag these things around. But we're always dragging the dead weight of our past. This thing's heavy, y'all. And we can make progress, but it's not like it could be. And have you noticed when you're dragging stuff from the past, it always complicates and clutters stuff, and it always connects, and you find yourself pulling a whole lot more till it becomes immovable. You know what I'm saying? Because unresolved issues create other issues. Because that hurt that's not resolved in our lives turns into bitterness, turns into unforgiveness, turns into anger, and it manifests itself in our relationships and in our marriages. It costs us things at work. All because we're still anchored to our past. And if that's you this morning, I want to give you some good news. Because the Bible says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. In verse 17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. Not that this is where we mess up a lot of times. We think that when we get saved, God takes a bad person and he turns them into a new person. And you become a good Christian church going person. That's not what happens at all. When we give our lives to Jesus, the Bible says that we cross over from death to life, that we become brand new from the inside out, that we become a new creation with the old being gone and the new being here. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm excited, and I thank God that I am a new creation in Christ, and all of that stuff that's in my past is in my past. I'm not that person anymore. Anyone, if anyone is in Christ. You know, I did some study for this. And I looked up the word anyone in the Greek. And you would be surprised to learn what I discovered. Blow your mind. Anyone in the Greek means that anyone. It means anyone. Anyone. Anyone can come join the club. Anyone gets access to the room. Anyone, anyone who is in Christ, that's the key. Anyone whose identity is now found in Christ is a new creation. Why do you say that, Josh? Because some of us like to go through seasons of life where we feel like what Jesus did, he did for other people, but not for us. And we know that God can forgive, but maybe he can't forgive of all that stuff. And he can wipe away and take our past, but maybe not all of our past. No, anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. The Bible says the old is gone, the new has come. Your past can stay in the past. It doesn't have to be an anchor that holds you down. You are a new creation in Christ. Praise God in the house this morning. I love what he does. I love what he does. So I want to look today at a few things that we have in this gift exchange 
in Christ that helps me in seasons of my life where the devil would try to come back and remind me of who I used to be and my flesh wants to come up and create struggles in my life that I've long since overcome and he tries to anchor me to issues that shouldn't be issues in my life. These things help me and these things help remind me of the truth and who I am in Christ. In Christ, guys, we're forgiven. In Christ, you are forgiven. In Christ, I am forgiven. Forgiven. Completely forgiven. Praise God for that. I remember my first car. My first car, I got out of high school, and I built pallets for $5 an hour. And I saved up some money, and I spent about 2800 bucks, and I bought an ugly, used 1985 Trans Am, and it looked kind of like this. And I thought I was the coolest thing ever. Because, baby, I was driving kit. Dun, 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 dun. I was night rider, baby. And I would pretend like we had Smokey and the Bandit going on. I was like, yeah, You know, I, I had so much fun with that car. But it was probably way more car than I needed at that time of my life. I wasn't mature enough to have it, honestly. I got into a lot of trouble with that car. Um, I didn't get all the tickets that I should have gotten in that car. And it's a wonder that I'm still alive. And it's a wonder that a lot of people didn't get hurt because I did a lot of stupid stuff in that car. I remember um, one time I was power breaking in our neighborhood. And like there was this, this turn. And I was going to power break and go into the turn and, and take off, you know. And there was this yard right outside the turn, and the guys had this nice chain-link fence out there. And I jacked it up and lost control of the car and hit the fence and took it down and all that stuff. So I had to go back and, and fix the fence, and I put this huge dent in the front of my car. It's just ugly as I'll get out. And uh, there's this other time I was, uh, I was driving, and it was raining, and uh, I was going way too fast in a turn. I lost control of the car and went off the road into somebody's yard and hit a little tree, put a dent in it. And then this other time, I was, oh, I could go on all day with this stuff. I, <clears throat> one time I was driving through town and I was following traffic. I was going to, uh, to get a haircut. And I wasn't really paying attention. I was just following the car in front of me. But what I didn't realize was the light had turned yellow. And the two cars in front of me were trying to beat the yellow light. And the car that was right in front of me got caught in the red light. And I was just following him. The light had turned green over here. And this little old lady was pulling out into the intersection without looking. And here I come and T-bones me. Put another dent in my car. And all of them were my fault. I was just a crazy driver. Much better driver now. But then I just made dumb decisions and put a lot of dents in my car. The insurance claim adjuster came out, looked at my car after the lady had T-boned me. And he said, there's too much damage to the car. Your frame's bent. It's totaled. And I said, Great. I watched my Trans Am get loaded up onto the wrecker, taken off. All because I was dumb and I made mistakes. 
and I put the dent in my car. You know, sometimes we make mistakes and we do dumb stuff in life. And we put dents in ourselves. We don't follow the rules or we put ourselves in compromised situations or we get crazy for one season and step outside of what we know the Word of God says and just dents from life. I bet there's a lot of dents in this room today. Dents from you, dents from other people. Hurtful words. Words from your parents, words from your spouses. Dents from mistakes that you've made. And the devil loves to come in and point out all the dents that we have from the mistakes that we've made in our lives. And he tries to condemn us. He tries to get us to sell out who we know we are in Christ. And I got news for you people. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 1, it says, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus. Okay? In Christ Jesus, the mistakes that we've made from our past are covered under the blood of Jesus. Doesn't define us. It doesn't define us. Our identity is not in our dents, but it's in Christ. Our identity is not in our dents, but it's in Christ. In Christ, there is no condemnation. I remember there was a lady in the Bible, it's called an adultery. And the religious leaders drug her out into the streets, and they all had stones in their hands, and they were fixing to execute her. You know, you know I've always noticed that religious people have always got stones in their hands ready to throw at people. Always. So they bring her out into the street, and they put Jesus on the spot, and they say, hey, we caught this woman caught in adultery. What do you think we should do to her? And this is what blows me away. Jesus stoops down in the dirt. And he starts to write something on the temple courtyard. The very finger, probably this and this, that wrote the Ten Commandments on that stone, writing in the dust in the temple. The Jesus, the God that wrote the law, thou shalt not commit adultery. Scribbled in the dirt. And he looked at all those religious people and he said, you know what? Any of y'all that's without sin, you go ahead and you throw the first stone. And you know the story. They all dropped the rocks and they left. Jesus looked at this woman and he said, where are your accusers? And she said, they're all gone. They're all gone. Nobody's here. And he said, then neither do I accuse you. Go and sin no more. That same Jesus is saying that to us today. Listen, we might have blown it. We might have made mistakes. But you never go too far that the grace of God can't cover you. And he's still saying today, I don't accuse you. I'm here to forgive. I'm here to restore. Now get back up and get back in the game. And you do what I've called you to do because the dents that life has given you you, the dents that you have, they don't define you. You're defined by who you are in Christ Jesus. In Christ. 
In Christ, I'm also valued. In Christ, I'm valued. Check this stuff out. I've got a picture I want to show you. This is a Ferrari 250 GTO. This is one of the coolest cars ever made. This car holds the record currently for what a classic car was sold for at an auction. You know how much money this car got? A little over $48 million. Somebody paid at an auction for this thing. I would love to have that car, but I don't have $48 million to buy it. 48 million bucks. Look at this vase. This vase is a rare antique. How much do you think this thing goes for? How many of you think over $30 million? How many of you think over $40 million? How many of you think $29.95 on eBay? About right. This thing sold for over $55 million. I would be scared to put anything in it. Like you're supposed to put flowers in a vase, right? Or something. You know, I don't know what you could put in that thing. $55 million, over $55 million. Insane. I want to show you a picture now. This is a painting by Leonardo da Vinci. And the English translation of this photo, or this, this picture, this painting, is Savior of the World. Currently, it holds a record being sold as the most expensive piece of art in the world. How many of you think it sold for more than $55 million? You would be right. How many of you think it sold for more than $100 million? You'd be right. More than $250 million. Oh, you'd be right. This thing sold for over $450 million. Somebody paid for this. They've got it in their collection. $450 million. Who has got that kind of change sitting around? Thinking, you know what? I got an extra $450 sitting around. It's burning a hole in my pocket. I need something to do. You know what? I'm going to buy that painting we've been thinking about. What do you think? Well, we're not going to be able to go out to eat for dinner on Friday, but okay, let's go ahead and get it. You know, $450 million. Are you kidding me? Insane. Insane. You know why people pay that much for it? Because to them... It's valuable enough to pay the price to get it. Are you following me? To them, it's valuable enough to pay the price to have it. Because the worth of an object is only determined by the value of the person that purchases it. You can put any kind of price tag on something, but you're not going to get it unless somebody's willing to pay it. I'm so thankful. For the price that Jesus paid for me.
You think about the price that Jesus paid for me. It was way more than $450 million. I'll tell you that right now. He gave up the splendor of heaven. Where the Bible says angels and creatures are worshiping him 24-7. He left the splendor of heaven. Where On earth, one of the most precious materials on earth is gold. And if you got a lot of gold, that translates into a lot of money. And the value of gold just seems to keep going up and up. But in heaven, one of the most valuable things for us, gold, is nothing more than just pavement on a street. That's how common it is. That's what Jesus walked out of and gave up to come down to this little stink hole called the earth for you and for me. To live a common existence. Listen, not just to die, guys, but to be beaten beyond recognition as a person. To have nearly every inch of flesh ripped off of his back with his intestines exposed, his organs exposed from the front and the back where they rip the flesh off of him. And the Bible says that, this blows me away, the Bible says that for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross scorning its shame for the joy set before that's you and that's me he did it with joy in his heart because he knew that he was paying a price for something that was precious to him don't ever let the enemy lie to you and think that you don't have value because of what you've done in your past or because of how you've blown it maybe it's not something five years ago or ten years ago maybe it was last week Maybe it was last night, and the enemy will tell you that you don't have worth and you don't have value because you're just the same old person making the same old mistakes over and over again. I'm here to tell you, our value isn't set by the mess we've made. Our value is set by the price that he paid. Our value is not set by the mess that we've made in our lives. It's set by the price that he paid for us on the cross. And he paid a high price. You are extremely valuable and extremely precious in his eyes, guys. Don't let the enemy tell you any different. And the third thing that I'm glad about is that in Christ, I know that I am unconditionally loved. I'm unconditionally loved. I can't love people like that. Not yet, anyway. Like, I think... Be awesome if one day I get close enough to God where I could just love people unconditionally all the time. But I, I don't love people like that. You know, there's just some people that I have a hard time learn, loving a certain like certain types of people and connecting with them. And it's just, if you can be honest, sometimes it's just there's just a certain person that we have a hard time loving, like God wants to love us, or God wants us to love them. And, Jesus doesn't have that problem, though. We don't have to earn his love. He gives it to us freely. That's one of the most beautiful things I've ever heard of because it's so foreign to me. Uh, my love is, is, is conditional. And, and I might love you and serve you and do things for you. And, and you know what? Maybe for, for some of us in this room, I, I love you enough that I would, I would even go to the point of maybe even laying down my life for you. But I wouldn't give you my child. I just, I love you guys, but there's no way I would sacrifice my kids. It's not there yet. But God loved us enough to do that. And he loved us at that level while we were still in our mess. Romans 5, 8 says this. It says that 
God demonstrates his love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He died for us. And some of you in here today, you're struggling with that issue in your life. Because the enemy's trying to hook you to your past. Whether it's 10 years ago or this week. And you've forgotten that in Christ, you are completely forgiven. And you have forgotten that in Christ, you are valued. And you've forgotten that in Christ, you are unconditionally loved. And I'm here to tell you, your past is in your past. And it's not who you are today. It might have been what you did, but it's not who you are. And it might have been what was done to you, but it's not who you are. Who you are today is a new creation in Christ Jesus. All of us. All of us. Bow your heads and close your eyes. Father, I thank you for the truth of your word and for what you're doing in this service today. God, I thank you for reminding us today that we're new creations. Lord, we're not the sum total of the mistakes in our lives or the dents that we picked up along the way. And Lord, we're not who the enemy would lie to us and tell us that we are. And the mess that we have in our lives doesn't affect the value that you put on us. Father, I know today the enemy's been lying to people. There are people here today that are still caught in issues of their past and that's an anchor that's tying them down and they keep dragging it with them. And it keeps complicating things and it keeps affecting their walk with you. It keeps affecting their relationships with others. Lord, I know these people are here this morning. Father, I ask that you do what I can't do in this moment, Lord. And I pray. By your presence, Lord, that you set us free from those issues in our past. Set us free from our past this morning. Lord, remind us. Remind us that in you we're forgiven. And in you, in you Lord, we have value. Lord, that in you we are unconditionally loved. In you we are new creations. And we don't have to identify ourselves with that old way. Your head's bowed and your eyes closed. No one looking around this morning. I want to ask a couple of questions today. And the first one is, are you here today? Man, you passed. It's just dead weight that you're dragging around. Something that you don't seem to be able to escape. The, the hurt just doesn't seem to want to heal. The anger is still there because the unforgiveness is still there because of what they did to you. Or maybe it's anger at yourself because of the mistake that you made. And I'm here to tell you today in Christ, you are a new creation. And all of that old, all of that old is gone in a way. 
covered under the blood of Jesus, and the new has come. And if that's you today, and you're struggling with that, and you're struggling with issues from your past, I don't know what they are, but you know what they are. I want to pray with you this morning. I want to pray with you to step out of that stuff. I want to pray with you so that God can heal and God can restore, so that you can look past the dents that you might have and those issues and those hurts, that they can become testimonies instead of anchors that drag around constantly. On the count of three, if you're here this morning, I want you to lift your eyes up and I want you to look at me. If you know that there's still some stuff in your past that you're struggling with and you just need to hand it over to God. You're here this morning and you still identify with the lives of the enemy. You're not that person anymore. I want to pray with you this morning. Let's move past that. You're here this morning and you're ready to move past your past. When I count to three, lift your eyes up and look at me. Here we go. One, two, three. Lift them up and look at me. I see yours.